Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Valerie Saunders, President-Elect of the National Association of Mortgage Brokers, to talk about the priorities of the organization as it enters its 50th year. Valerie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for asking me to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that uh, the National Association of Mortgage Brokers is uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary, right? So you guys just had a big event in Las Vegas. Tell me about some of the highlights there. Yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, so August 23rd, we celebrated our or started the celebration of our 50th anniversary. I should say started because we're going to celebrate it all year long. But uh, yeah, SNAM National was um, amazing. We had over 2,500 attendee registrations. We had a sold out trade show. We had um, uh, standing room only speaking sessions. Uh, Barry Habib was our keynote speaker on Saturday. Um, we also had um, speakers from Freddie Mac. We uh, had um, uh, Neil Dingra, who is with Ford Academy. He does personal branding. We also had somebody from Canva. Olivia Hutto. We really tried this year to uh, have where our sessions um, were focused on takeaways. So um, kind of getting away from the sponsored speakers that we've done in the past and really trying to have um, people with um, content that when you left there, you sort of had an action plan. We also had Carl White. We had Chris Johnston. We had three sessions on AI. We um, you know, just kind of threw a lot of things against the wall and hoped they all stuck. So, yes, you know, we are, um, we have an event coming up and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, it has to be very actionable right now for people. Um, taking a little bit of a step back, you know, what, what do you feel like, what are the biggest challenges right now for mortgage brokers? Well, you know, we're still in a tough environment with limited inventory um, a limited number of transactions, um, you know, but uh, I, I do believe that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, um, you know, whether it's, you know, economic forecasting from Barry Habib, or we actually also do get a lot of econo economic forecasting from uh, one of our partners, Freddie Mac. Um, and it, you know, it looks like starting in Q4 into Q1, you know, that things are going to be turning the corner, that we potentially may be experiencing another refi boom, you know, nothing like 2020, but I don't think anything will ever be, <laughs> will be like 2020 and that's okay. Um, so I, I do, I do think that there's a lot of hope, um, you know, home values are still increasing and, um, you know, we just all, I think there's a lot of positivity, I should say, just within the industry. So we see a lot of interest from people who have been um, mortgage loan officers, maybe on the re retail side, looking to wholesale because you guys are seeing a, a lot of um, market share go up, right? And in this market, you have more options. How do you guys help people who might want to make that transition? So, uh, you know, our organization is an organization of volunteers. So when um, when people are communicating with us, they're Speaking to people who are actively working within the industry, I, I own 
my own mortgage broker business. I also own a title company. Um, so what we really try to do is the companies that we partner with, um, the benefit providers that we um, also partner with um, are all focused on um, helping from whether it's an administrative aspect, an education aspect. Um, so it's really, uh, you know, having a community that you can rely on to um, help you with that transition. I, I, I have never been a retail loan originator, but I would imagine that probably one of the hardest parts would be um, going from sort of a more compartmentalized um, environment to where um, you are everything. And also, of course, having a multitude of options and being able to make um, decisions on your own. Who do you want to use for your website or LOS system or compliance or whatever the case may be? So um, to me, it would almost be a little uh, maybe liberating <laughs> because you get to make your own choices. And and um, so we try to offer everything and let you decide whatever you think is best for you, for your business, for your environment. Um, you know, we're going to give you as much as we can. Yeah, I do think that's the appeal of being a broker, right? Is that you're really running your own independent business. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that love that kind of freedom. There's other people who are like, uh, they'd, they'd rather have some more of the structure or infrastructure around them. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. I mean, you know, like I said, I've never gone from a retail environment to a broker environment. I've always been in the in the broker world. Um, so obviously, I think that is best. Um, and, you know, I've raised my kids and my family and got to do things and go on vacations. Now, not to say that I am not, um, you know, like uh, 7-Eleven, I'm open 24-7, <laughs> 365. Um, I am, but I, you know, I kind of thrive on that environment. So you talked about some of the sessions um, at your event, and I was really interested to see reverse on there. So tell me a little bit about the opportunity that you see in reverse or or what you guys are encouraging people about reverse. You know, why is that on the agenda? So, um, so I actually live in Florida. So um, obviously, um, we have a very large reverse mortgage possible um, population here. Um, but, uh, you know, we do, we recently just launched with, um, in partnership with Liberty Reverse Mortgage, our reverse mortgage certification. Um, it's actually the Certified Reverse Mortgage Specialist Certification. Um, and so we have um, developed this certification in tandem with them. And it basically goes from start to finish of uh, trying to provide you every single thing that you would need to know in order to originate reverse transactions, including um, how do you how do you brand yourself? How do you market yourself? Um, what are what is that type of clientele looking um, as compared to a forward uh, mortgage type of clientele? Um, so. You know, I think that um, one of these types of environments is you can't just have one tool in your toolbox. You have to have a lot. So don't think that you can only do forward or only do reverse. You can do both. Um, and also, quite honestly, um, I think that mortgage origination is a unique industry in that you really can go from straight out of college all the way to as long as you want to go, because there are literal um, lending types um, and clients 
for of all ages, um, obviously all, uh, you know, covering the gamut. So um, I do see a lot of um, originators who have transitioned in their careers to reverse mortgage. Um, so, uh, you know, it is a, it is a important tool. Um, you know, they've done a lot to make it, um, more palatable, um, where they do, you know, I know there was used to be a lot of, uh, high default rates because of failure to pay property taxes. Um, that situation has been resolved there. Obviously you can use a reverse to purchase, you know, there's fixed, there's adjustable. And so it's, it's just, I, I think to utilizing this time to, to educate yourself, to get to know a variety of products. Um, you know, you mentioned reverse, but we also just launched an FHA certification um, in conjunction with Freedom Mortgage um, that literally uh, provides you all the same education and training you would get as, as if you were going to become a DE underwriter uh, for FHA. And then, of course, we have a very detailed um, VA certification class as well that we've had since 2018. And, um, you know, we've literally certified thousands of people in that um, particular certification. So so it's a good time to, um, you know, really spread your wings and get yourself more educated and, and ultimately, you know, help your consumer. I really think that's interesting. You know, you mentioned marketing and having some marketing sessions. We know that right now, especially right, lead gen is so important, getting in front of borrowers, finding those borrowers. So what were some of the marketing um, sessions that you had? What were some of the highlights there? Uh, it, a lot of it focused on personal branding. Um, you know, obviously social media is a great way to uh, spread your own message. Uh, we had um, a loan originator. Um, his name was Danny Ruiz, who built his business through TikTok. And then, of course, you know, we had our artificial intelligence sessions, and um, it, it's and then, of course, and then, as I mentioned before, we had the um, the lady Olivia Hutto that talked about Canva, where you can use a tool very simply and make it look make your social tiles look like a marketing professional did them with very little work. So we really tried to make sure that um, people were getting as much out of the sessions as possible. Um, and also something that that is current, you know, obviously AI is a, a huge topic. We had three sessions alone just on AI. So, which is still hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> so when I think of AI, I think of like those movies with, um, <laughs> the creepy uh, robots, but it's not that not that way anymore. So, right, iRobot, and you know all the disaster movies. No, it's really not. So here you guys are celebrating your fiftieth year, right? What are the priorities now? So the you know I mean our priorities for our organization really haven't changed that much since nineteen seventy three. Um, I actually I have a a bachelor's and a master's in history. So kind of going in and digging through the archives of how the, the organization was formed to where we are today, um, you know, is kind of right up my alley. But when I look at the things that our predecessor sort of focused on, it was really the same legislative advocacy, education, networking, 
service um, to our members and to our um, consumers. Um, it's just that we are accomplishing those goals in a different way. Um, but at the end of the day, the mission still remains the same. What are some of your priorities for advocacy this year? So we have two big ones. Um, well, we're always working on a multitude of things, but we do have two um, pieces of legislation that we're focusing on. We have obviously trigger leads as a hot topic um, right now um, all across the board. I mean, I think I can't even remember the last time where you had um, NAR and MBA and um, NAM and Home Builders and every other um, housing related trade organization um, sort of all in tandem, um, unified against uh, trying to solve a problem. Um, and in this instance, the problem being trigger leads. Um, when you have people who are getting 95, 100, 200 phone calls in, you know, uh, a one day to three week span with no way to stop them. Uh, it, it creates a glaring issue within, within the industry. Uh, if I look back historically, you know, all the way back to 2020, NAM in conjunction with then representative Lacey Clay, we introduced a trigger leads bill, um, that, theoretically has the same language as the one we have now. We did one last legislative session or we have another one, this legislative session, which is HR 2656. And the basic concept is um, instead of having to opt out from having your information sold, um, you would have to opt in. So kind of, you know, I, we kind of envision or I envision it. Um, when you go to uh, like electronically sign a document, there's a little box up at the top that you have to check to affirm that you agree to electronically sign the document. Well, it, it could be as simple as that same type of a process. I am a consumer. I'm getting ready to enter my information to have my credit pulled. And I'm going to check a box affirming to allow the one of the three credit or all of the three credit reporting agencies provide my information to other providers. Um, you know, now the only thing we have to rely on is the um, do not call list or um, trying to do other opt-out scenarios. And obviously it's not working um, when everybody, whether it's a legislator, um, a, a regulatory agency or a trade association is aware that there is a glaring problem. Um, so our bill that we are supporting uh, is H.R. 2656. It was introduced by Representative Richie Torres. Um, he is the same representative that introduced our bill last legislative session. But we have been actively promoting a call to action on our website, which is NAMB.org. Um, if you go to that site and you highlight advocacy, you can click on call to action and it's the very first one at the top. We currently have over 26,000 individuals who have um, taken a call to action, which basically means that you have um, provided your address. The system has discovered who your, your federal legislators are. You have either used um, the the email language that we provided for you as a guide, or you modified it yourself and you sent an email to your legislators, letting them know that you would like them to support and sponsor that particular bill. Um, so we're, 
uh, going to continue to work on that until hopefully that situation gets resolved. You know, are aware that there is another bill out there with some um, servicer language, which of course we um, are not necessarily opposed to. Um, so, you know, we, we know that bills obviously take a long time. As I said, we first had our first trigger leads bill back in 2020. And I know even prior to that, um, way back in the 1900s, uh, they were working on, um, trying to curb, um, this, uh, trigger leads type system. So, uh, you know, that is a big initiative of ours. And then another, uh, bill that we have been, um, actively, working on is was uh, recently introduced by Representative Elise Stefanik. Uh, it is a gold star spouse bill. Basically, what that means is that when someone's spouse has been killed um, as in the line of active duty, that surviving spouse um, continues to receive their benefits through the VA, including, of course, getting a VA loan. Um, however, uh, if they get remarried, those benefits go away. And, um, you know, many times we have people whose spouses, um, you know, give the ultimate sacrifice and they are still um, young and they're sh- they should not have to not be able to um, continue on with their lives and with no expectation of continuing to receive those benefits that they've received just because they happened to get remarried. Um, they did have a spouse who passed away as part of active duty. They should not have those um, survivor benefits cut off simply because they choose to remarry. Um, so that particular bill is called the Military Families and Surviving Spouses Benefits Enhancement Act. It is H.R. 4944. It was introduced by Representative Elise Stefanik, who is a Republican out of New York. It does currently have um, Democratic co-sponsors as well. Um, And so uh, um, that is another one of our big initiatives that we have this year from a legislative perspective. Um, As you are, you're poised to take uh, charge of the presidency of this amazing organization that's been around for 50 years. What is your, what makes you excited about this industry and about what you're doing at NAM? I have been um, devoted to the mortgage broker channel for a very long time. Prior to my involvement in NAM, I was president of the Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals three times. And I happened to be president um, during the time of the mortgage meltdown, um, where we, you know, experienced our you know, broad sweeping changes, the SAFE Act, NMLS. But I also, what I also, as part of that is dealt with fear. Um, Fear of people who had been in the business for a long period of time, not being able to continue in the business because of credit challenges due to foreclosures or other situations that related to the mortgage meltdown. I mean, I remember um, between 2008 and 2009, it literally felt like a giant faucet was turned off. Um, uh, you know, my business went down 75%. When something catastrophic like that happens, and then you're faced with all of these multitude of changes, um, you know, I would talk to people who went from living in a million dollar house to living in their car. That situation really sort of molded 
my mindset of protecting the channel, of fighting for the channel, of sort of basically, I guess, making sure that we all could continue to do business um, in the way that business needed to be done. The mortgage broker channel is very is a very important aspect of the lending environment. And we're seeing that right now with all of the tremendous growth into the mortgage broker community. And so, um, you know, I'm uh, excited to be able to continue that sort of uh, mission and um, commitment to furthering the channel, you know, expanding membership to let people know that, you know, NAM is, has been here for 50 years, will be here for 50 more years and do my best to leave it better than when I, where I found it. So, um, you know, that's kind of my focus. You know, you mentioned that you have, uh, that you're also the owner of a title company. Is that correct? Yes. I, I think one of the things that strikes me when I meet mortgage brokers is often, you know, they're just, they're people who hustle, right? They've got a lot of things going on and I'm always surprised that they do have, I mean, they're running this business. They have, you know, they have title, they have other affiliated businesses. Um, maybe tell a little bit about that. What, how have you balanced those throughout the years? You know, I think really, um, well, number one, when the mortgage meltdown did happen, Having um, multi- multiple streams of revenue was a lifesaver. But what it also has done is it has sort of um, given me the opportunity, I guess, know a lot of different things, different aspects. You know, I've done a lot of uh, government affairs type work um, and being able to understand how all the pieces of the puzzle work from, you know, the title part as well as the mortgage origination part, I think has really helped me in, um, you know, the information that I can share with a consumer, um, whether it's on the broker side or on the title side is multifaceted. And so, um, you know, I'm not uh, just in one, you know, finite box. I have a lot of boxes. I, I, I have a problem with um, saying no a lot, so I happen to do a lot of things, uh, but, I, I'll, but I only do things that I enjoy. So, you know, I, so I, I would say that, you know, probably that's the biggest thing is just, just the knowledge that, I've, that I have gathered from learning about different areas of the lending um, process um, has just, has benefited me all along the way. Totally makes sense. Valerie, thank you so much for sitting down with us today and kind of walking us through what NAM is up to, what you hope to see in this next year. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And if I could just say one thing real quick before we leave. Um, So in honor of our 50th anniversary, NAM is doing a $50 discount to new members. Um, If you use the discount code NAM50membership by September 30th, it will reduce our annual membership dues from $150 to $100. So if you are not a member of NAM um, and would like to become one, uh, please go to our website. Please join. $100 is a small price to, um, to pay uh, for all of the benefits and all of the experience and knowledge that you would receive from the association. So thanks very much for asking me to um, be part of this podcast.
Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.